Okay, we're going to uh, get now to the dynamics of counseling sessions. Grab your coffee and muffin and all that. I know somebody's going to say, we should do this on Sunday morning. No, um, <clears throat> you, can't, uh, you can't, uh, can't worship God with a muffin in one hand and a latte in the other. I don't think that's possible. The, the food I want you holding is the food of the Word of God. We're going to do this part fast. Two reasons. We're behind on time, which I knew was going to happen. But the other one is that a lot of this is, is just um, kind of information that, that you might need to know if you're on the team. Uh, and a lot of it is intuitive. So I'm going to just hit the mountain peaks and we'll try to have time in about 35 or 40 minutes for um, some final questions. I told you this would go fast. Um, here we go. Dynamics of a counseling session. Basic basics. Dress for seriousness. Your attire matters. Okay, look, if you, wanna, if you want to look like you just came from the beach and be taken seriously, you just have to work that much harder. Um, I think that matters. Be well-groomed. Be on time. Uh, set the end time immediately. Very, very rarely are three-hour counseling sessions helpful, um, especially if they get in the habit of it. Uh, be careful um, how you seat yourself, especially if you're doing marriage counseling. If you're a male and you're doing marriage counseling and you sit right next to the guy and look at, look at his wife, it's two-on-one as far as she's concerned. And if you don't think that... Um, if you don't think that seating position means anything, let me come have a conversation with you three inches from your face and see how long you think that that goes. Um, uh, certain cultures that came to the seminary when I was in school had a whole different standard of body language. And they would come and stand like, like an inch away from your face. You're from a really small country, aren't you, where the, everybody has to be together. It matters. So, so be, be careful with that. Um, the basic structure of a session. You're, you're, you pray. Review the homework. We'll put these slides online so if I go too fast for you to take notes, you can still get it. Review the homework. What, what was successful? What was helpful? Um, keep the focus on what each individual did for their own sanctification. Um, very, very often, especially when there's a relationship issue, especially doing marriage counseling. They'll come in. You'll say, well, how did your homework go? And he won't even answer your question. Well, you're not going to believe what she did. Just yesterday, like, hang on. How did your homework go? So you have, to, you have to train them that that's what we're going to talk about. Uh, based on the successes or challenges in homework, help the counselee assess how obedient, peaceful, and Christ-like he was since the last session. Um, well, I'm still feeling bad. Well, I'm not surprised. You didn't do your homework. And we also talked about the fact that how you feel is irrelevant. Are you obeying Christ and walking in a manner worthy? You always bring it back to that. Uh, as needed, you encourage with scripture and compliment well done homework um, or exhort to do better and take the homework more seriously. And then at the end, a great question is, what, what did I miss? What piece did I forget that you're dying to talk about? Um, keeping in mind that people will want to vent, but that's not the ultimate solution. Okay, you do need to listen. You need to be a good listener. Um, but you hearing them uh, isn't a solution. That's why people go to counseling for five years. Because they think that somebody hearing them will be a solution, and it's not. Um, then you give and explain the homework for the following session. It might simply be continuing the previous homework if you're just building spiritual strength. Sometimes if, if somebody comes to me and they, and they say, look, I, I, I just want to walk in a manner worthy. I, I have all these issues. I really just feel weak spiritually. Okay, then the homework is the same every week. We're going to 
pound the word of God into heart and mind. You're going to stop listening to four sermons a month and start listening to three a day. You're going to be in prayer and here's how we're going to structure that. And I'm just going to hold you accountable to this. And I'm going to pray with you and I'm going to walk you through this for a time until you're stronger. Taking notes. You do need to take notes because um, you think you're going to keep all this in your head. Boy, I've told myself that lie before and uh, it's just not true. At the top, date, counselee, counselor. We need to know. Um, I use what I call a two-column system. Column number one is what we talked about that I want to remember in the session. Column number two, things I want to address when the time is right. Like I may be listening and I think I want to address this particular issue and I might just write down uh, Romans 8.28, they're not believing the sovereignty of God. So then near the end, I'm going to go through some of those things. And then at the bottom of my page or pages usually, um, is where I start putting together the homework. As you get more experience, you'll be able to do this all at the same time. But you might need to say, you know, I need 10 minutes to kind of figure out your homework here. But I, I'm going to give you a way to not have to do that in a minute. So take some sort of notes. Uh, it, it's not useful if, if, you know, we need to elevate this to an elder going to, to help this person and we're reading your notes and your note says, um, person was really a jerk today and sign your name. Well, that doesn't help. You know, here are the issues we discussed. Here are the scriptures I gave and so forth. This is important. You must be the leader, not the follower of the counseling session. Because I guarantee you, one of the first battles you'll fight is somebody coming in and wanting, wanting to control the agenda. And it's not a bad thing. They're just so desperate for help that, that they think that the first thing they can do is vomit emotionally on you for three hours that that's gonna, going to help them. Yes, you have to listen, but eventually you have to get done with some rabbit trails and start to focus things. Um, the first session is usually the hardest. It gets easier as you go. Uh, don't let the counselee continually change the plan, the counseling plan, with the crisis flavor of the day. Stick to the plan. Uh, trust me, this is going to be, well, I would love to talk about this, but you can't believe what just happened now. Okay, you remember we talked about that you have a tendency to, to determine your level of happiness based on what's happening. And we're actually working toward joy. So let's go to your homework. And then if we have time, we'll get to that horrible thing that happened this week, which was the same as the week before, which was the same as the week before. Um, it doesn't mean you don't listen briefly, but uh, you, 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 people get addicted to saying, oh, you can't believe what happened now because they want to feel some sort of sympathy from you. Uh, confront someone who may not actually want to solve the problem but is addicted to the drama to get attention. So, well, we're on session number five and so far you haven't done any homework. You seem to enjoy coming. What's, what's going on? You, know, what, you say you want to solve the problem but you're not doing the things that it takes to do that. Uh, with very rare exceptions, stick to the plan. You're setting an example of structure and predictability, which they need in their lives. Very often, people coming to you, one of the issues that they'll have is just chaos, that they're not organized, that they've allowed the chaos of their life to take over, or they've blended uh, areas of stress in life with areas that ought to be um, a, a, a solace and a haven. Uh, bringing home all your problems from work and just dumping them on your wife and being moody all afternoon. No, we need to keep those separate. So you demonstrate um, that sort of uh, sticking to the plan. It's very important that you run the session start to finish. You start on time and you end on time. Um, I'll leave it up to you how much to do that, but if you, it, your, your counselees will do what you train them to do. 
If you always go 45 to 60 minutes over the time allotted, they'll learn that that's what they can do. Um, if, if you text me as your pastor and I answer you at 1130 at night, um, I just trained you that, hey, I can text Pastor Steve 24-7, right? If you text me 1130 at night, somebody better be in the hospital. That's how I'm feeling about it. So they'll do what you train them to do. And it's very simple. You start up front and you say, we have an hour and here's the plan. We want to use our time wisely. Let's pray and, and get going. Um, don't do marathon sessions. Be intentional about time or else the counselee will see the marathon emotional venting as the solution. Um, once in a while, once in a while, uh, for example, a married couple is walking out the door and is there, you're getting ready to say goodbye to them. Uh, she turns around and says, you know, he hit me last night, right? Okay, we need 15 more minutes on that. We're going to change the plan and you stop. But that, that should be pretty rare, okay? And, and you notice that I'm using a, a spousal abuse as, a, as an issue often. That happens in every single church, including this one. So it is not something that happens to other people. It happens in the world right now. Um, and so we, w- those are things we have to deal with. Um, I want to briefly talk about content versus process. This is just a little, little bit of experience here. Know the difference and be observant. Um, and I would urge you not to try to be a body language expert. Sometimes a little knowledge is a really dangerous thing. Um, when, you know, you see, you ask a question and a, and a guy goes like this. Don't do the typical, oh, you must be guarded. You must be putting your emotional fences up. Uh, actually, I was cold. And I went like that. Um, so don't, don't try to do that. That's not helpful. Um, just use, the com- use common sense and remember what we call the tip of the iceberg rule. That what you see played out in counseling is often 10 times worse when you're not there. And for example, if a counselee is argumentative and belligerent with you, then they're probably, that's probably a sin pattern um, because they can't accept authority anywhere in their life. They come to you and say, man, I, my job is the worst. My boss is abusive. He's horrible. He's difficult. Well, let's walk through this in the manner that's where, no, you don't understand. You're, and you go, wait a minute. Is your boss the problem or are you the problem? Um, tip of the iceberg. If a husband is continually interrupt, interrupting his wife in a counseling session, it's probably much worse at home. Confront him and say, you need to stop. I asked your wife the question and you're answering. Please stop. And then you go back and quote Proverbs to him that that an unwise man uh, uh, answers before he hears. And so uh, what happens in the counseling session can sometimes give an indicator of what may be happening otherwise. Um, So observe uh, who the most powerful person is in in a group dynamic because the one with the lesser voice might be the one that you need to listen to more. So that just takes some experience, but just understand the difference. That everything isn't about what's said. It's also about how things are, are acted out. And if you don't believe that, um, uh, just try saying something pleasant with a horrible look on your face. You'll confuse everybody, right? Uh, a couple of random helpful ideas. You can always fall back on reframing everything in light of the sovereignty of God. That is always a great place to go. Um, it probably would even involve assigning some homework to bolster their understanding of the sovereignty of God. You can always point to solutions. 
Um, you need to keep going with not letting just processing the problem being the solution. It's not a solution. Well, what happened this week? What were all the horrible things? Well, he did this, this, and this 30 minutes later. Well, she did this, this, and this. Well, let's pray and maybe things will get better. That makes everybody suicidal, okay? You need to point them towards solutions. Wait a minute. Last week, we talked about pointing the finger at yourself, and I'm seeing this again. So let's stop. What did you do? To walk in the manner worthy. What were some successes you had in that way? Well, I actually did read my Bible a little bit more this week. and A little bit more. So we talked about half an hour a day. And these particular passages. How much is a little bit? Well, I read for 15 minutes twice this week. Okay. So your doctor gives you a magic pill to do something. And you take two of them. Is that going to help you? So, um, so you're, you're working on pointing to solutions. Uh, just a couple of things. Some of you, as married couples, might do counseling together. You know what's always fun for me is when I get a call from a married counseling team that needs counseling because they got in a fight after the counseling session that they were running. Like, boy, that's a, that's a weird cycle. So just a couple of things um, for that. There needs to be a clear leader. In almost all the cases, that will be the husband. Um, however, it may be that you're working as a couple with a woman and who, who wants a, a, you know, a man's perspective and that sort of thing. And so then, then your wife is going to take the lead there, and that's fine. Um, but there needs to be a clear leader. Um, the leader should ask for input from the spouse periodically. You just sitting there. If you're just going to sit there, then what's the point? Um, you have to sort of learn your own dance as a couple. And can I say this? If your marriage isn't rock solid, nobody's is completely perfect, but if it's not rock solid, I don't recommend trying to do counseling as a couple um, unless you really have got this, got this down and you make some deals beforehand about exactly what's going to happen. Let's talk about different sessions. The dynamics of session number one. This is information gathering and giving hope. If that's all you're doing, gathering information and giving some hope, um, then that's a successful session. You're going to fill out or give out a counselee data form. And we're going to provide that for you in ways that I have yet to figure out. Um, but uh, we'll have either hard copies or we can put electronic copies maybe in a, in a counseling folder on, online or something. But we'll figure that out. Um, you're establishing your leadership. It is now 8 p.m. We're going to be done by 9.15. At 9.10, we're going to pray. At 9 o'clock, I'm going to be giving you your homework. So you're establishing leadership. Um, you would explain the Grace Bible Church counseling policy of what I'm calling six-ish sessions. Um, you can do four, you can do three, you can do seven. You have to aim somewhere. But if you give people the idea that this is going to go on and on until you're completely sanctified, um, it's going to unsanctify you because eventually uh, it, it just won't go well. Now, if you're counseling with somebody that says, I'm an unbeliever, but I think you guys kind of know something that I don't know, then I, I'm going to take that as long as I need to. And you're also going to help inculcate them into the church uh, to, to get to know other believers. That's, a, that's another uh, issue. You're going to work through the mud to establish doable spiritual goals. Now, trust me, the people that you're counseling with won't know what to do. They wouldn't be here if they did. Unless they say, I know what to do. I just need somebody to hold my hand while I do it. Okay, that's great. But that's not usually going to be the case. 
So you're working through all the mud to establish some doable spiritual goals. Well, I want to change my spouse. That's not a doable goal. I want to trust the Lord more in the midst of this trial. That's doable. I want to change my own responses. I'm tired of being, of, of being uh, pulled by my own feelings all the time and reacting in a sinful fashion. Yes, we can change that. And so then you, again, use discernment to suggest getting a physical exam if you think that might be necessary. That's session number one. Um, and you're giving hope. Um, end with, with a couple of wonderful scriptures and, uh, and with some prayer and with compassion and with kindness and to say we're going to walk through this together and the Lord is going to help. Dynamics of session number two. You're giving direction now with goals and objectives. Um, and, and I'll explain this in a moment, uh, putting this together. This is just some useful terms. A goal is an achievable measure of success. And an objective is concrete ways to meet that goal. That's the homework. So in other words, there's a few goals, there's a lot of objectives. And you might think of it as an outline. Uh, Big Roman numeral one is the goal. A, B, C, D are the objectives that go under that goal. Um, Give you some sample good goals here. Increase spiritual strength to trust the Lord at a higher level. That's a good goal. Assess and change my own heart in response to others. That's a good goal. Change my view to believe the sovereignty of God in this situation. That's a good goal. Um, Repent, meaning real actions of XYZ, uh, sin, which is contributing to the problem. Those are good goals. Uh, Bad goals. Get my wife to stop nagging me. Set hard boundaries to keep people who hurt me away from me completely. Be sorry for sins which contribute to the problem. Remember, saying I'm sorry is nothing more than an acknowledgement of the emotion of sorrow. That is only part of repentance. So you're setting good goals. Um, You don't want to set bad ones. Dynamics of a final session. Sorry. Dynamics of a final session. You're reviewing your successes um, as needed. You give some long-range homework. Um, and then you might even you might even say, I want to meet with you again in a couple of months, just one more time to check in with you. I think that that helps give hope. Um, most of the time when I make that offer, almost never does anybody take me up on it, but it's helpful to make that offer. Um, but you do have to say this, final session, don't call me in a day and say, everything went kaplooey. We've got to start all over. No, you, have, you know what to do. Go therefore and do likewise. Okay, so um, so you gotta you gotta help with the, help with that. This is very important. Last session. Okay, I've been working with you, but I'm concerned that you need a support system. Um, one of your assignments was to get into a small group. You have not done that. Another of your assignments was for each of you to find a mentor through the men's ministry, women's ministry. You have not done that. So we're having a final session, and I gotta say I'm concerned. Or more hopefully. You say, you know, in session number two where I gave the goals and objectives, I told you to get into a small group. You've done it. Um, you've even been out to dinner with a couple of people in the small group and that's helped you just enjoy being part of the church. You're being mentored. Uh, and I've noticed that on the attendance sheet that I'm making you fill out for going to Sunday morning church and Sunday night uh, that you've been every single time, six weeks straight. And that's different for you. So I'm really hopeful. What you're trying to do is transition them from counseling to being part of the body. That's, that's what you're trying to do. And now the body takes over from there. Keep the door open. You say, you know, it's rarely helpful to say, you know, I hope I never see you again, ever. 
say, look, I, I appreciate the relationship that we've, we've built. Um, now, here's the difference between a professional counseling relationship and in the church. And I love this difference. The difference now is, okay, in one minute, this counseling session is over. And from here on out, we're just brothers and sisters in Christ. And, um, and we're just part of the body together. That's a, that's a beautiful thing. I'm going to put up here very quickly. Don't try to write it all down. Don't get scared. Work. There it is. A short sample counseling homework plan. I'm going to make that available online. Here's the first goal. Uh, the, the problem is somebody is defined, uh, defines his problem as I have a pornography addiction. So goal number one, redefine addiction versus sin. Goal number two, increase the depth of walk with Christ in general. And goal number three, practice practical wisdom in specific ways. Um, one of the beauties of this book is that um, when you don't know what, what to deal with with a problem, this thing covers everything. And it gives you a good, uh, good starting point. So what are you doing between session one and session two? You are putting together your plan. And this is, I think this is important to do to not just wing it because then you don't have to, every time you have a session with somebody, go, okay, what am I supposed to do now? Well, you're just working your plan. Well, I gave you the first three objectives under goal number one to do this week. Let's talk about those. How are those helpful? And, um, and working through whatever those objectives were. And once you've done your plan, you say, we're, we're done. Um, if you start off session number two with a written down plan, generally that's going to decrease the number of times you need to see somebody, which is the goal. Because you're not going to perfect them. You're not going to sanctify them perfectly. You're going to help them walk through a time that is difficult for them. So uh, we'll put that online. You can use that as, as some examples. Um, all right, now we're getting to the kind of the boring part, but we have to do some logistics. For those of you not interested in being on the counseling team, I'm sorry in advance. Go get a muffin or something. Uh, simplified logistics and counseling policies. I don't know how many of you are going to sign up to be considered to be on the team, um, but I don't know how often you'll be used. I hope you're never used. That would be my hope um, because we want the word of God through the preached word to so counsel our hearts that we already know what to do. Um, and and maybe the first three counselees that we need to assign to a, to a lay counselor uh, wouldn't fit your particular, you know, you know I'm not going to, if a single guy says, I, I want to be a counselor, I'm not going to assign a young woman to him. They're going to end up in trouble or getting married or something bad's going to happen. So um, I just ask you to be patient and be available. It might be a week before you get your first one. It might be three years. I, I have no way of knowing that. Um, so just be patient. Let me talk about confidentiality. It does have limits. We are not professionals and we don't present ourselves as such. When the counselee comes to you and says, you can't tell anyone this, promise me, you say, no, I am never going to make that promise. Why is that? Well, confidentiality, you explain it to them, it is a private relationship between you and that person. You're not going to go home and tell your whole, around dinner, tell your kids about this counseling session you just had. You're not going to talk to all your friends about it. You're not going to talk to others about it. But it may be necessary for um, one or all of the elders to know something that's going on. Um, periodically, I may ask you, what's happening? You've been seeing this person four times. What's going on? I need to know. They need to know that up front, that we are not a professional organization. Uh, confidentiality is essentially, in the secular world, a way for people to keep sinning with nobody knowing about it. Um, so... Uh, counseling 
in some ways can be step one of church discipline. You don't present it that way. Um, but ultimately, if they're not doing their homework, they're engaged in horrible sins and they're asking you to keep it a secret. You say there may be reach a point and say you need to do your homework this week or next week. There's going to be an elder in here with us and we need to we need to elevate this. Um, so you explain that. Um, determine if one session is all that's necessary. Better to do one 90 minute long session than four one hour sessions. That's okay. Um, depends on your experience, but a great question to ask, is this an issue we can resolve or help with today or you need a few meetings? Just ask. Big picture of a counseling session series. Uh, counseling is not the long range solution. The counselee should not expect to settle into a two year long counseling relationship. Um, you're aiming toward organic body life, inculcation into the body and so forth. Uh, honestly, if the body of Christ is working at its highest possible level, nobody will come to the pastoral staff saying we need counseling because the body is working. The series is a six session maximum, session number one, information gathering, session number two, evaluation and presenting the plan, sessions three through six, carrying out the homework and and checking in. And the last session then happens, session six or or earlier. Um, It might be that with something particularly serious, you're working through a major issue. It might be that say you say, we're going to take a one-month break and, and here's what we've accomplished. And in one month, we'll have another six-session series, but we're going to have a whole new set of goals. If, if it's just that they didn't do their homework, then don't reward them with another six-session series. Just, just tell them, I'm going to go ahead and refer you to one of our pastors and he will read your file and we'll, he'll talk to you about why nothing changed in the last six weeks, okay? Um, or maybe they say, you know, we just figured out nothing's changing, but we're more joyful and we're more thankful to the Lord. Great, problem solved, okay? You're walking with the, with the Lord. Between session one and two, you're writing a synopsis of the information you gathered, the problems that were presented. You're writing your proposed plan. Um, if you're scared to death about that, then, then uh, send me an email with your proposed plan. Don't do it an hour before the session because um, I won't get to it. But, if, but just say, can you look this over? I'm happy to do that a couple of times for any of you. That's, that's fine to do. Um, if it's a particularly complex issue, then I'm also happy. For me, I'd rather spend a half hour with you giving you some guidance on how to walk through a six session series than doing the six sessions myself. So that's, that's a good use of time for me. Final session, you determine to end counseling or you give long range homework and then you set a, a meeting time for, uh, to check in at a later time. Kind of a rule of thumb I use is the equivalent of four sessions. In other words, if I'm meeting with them weekly, uh, the equivalent of four sessions is a month. We'll get together in a month. Uh, if I'm meeting with them every other week, I'll get together with you in two months. That just seems to work well. After your waiting period, if you meet with them one more time, you're evaluating. Did you do your homework? Um, do you need to restart anything? Um, evaluate the better option of getting inculcated into the body. You know what a really powerful thing to say to somebody is? I'm not convinced you need counseling. I'm convinced you just need the body life of the church. Let's get you in a small group. Let's, let's uh, get, get, you know, do you have two fairly close friends in this church? No, I really don't. Well, let's, what do we need to do to make that happen? This may surprise you. Location. Use the church building as much as possible. 
Um, we don't have a great system for that in place. We'll work on it, but you can coordinate with the church administrative staff as to when the building is open. Um, Wednesday evenings work well. Musicians are here for, for rehearsal. The building's open. Sunday evening at 5.30 before church is a good time as well. Um, if we're counseling so many people that we need to assign rooms, Caleb will already know about that, and so he'll, he'll organize that. But why is this important? Counseling is not something you do over dinner um, in an informal setting. Because it's really hard to say, can I have the check, please? And uh, uh, that was delicious hamburger and onion rings. Um, now here's your homework. I, the setting is important, and it's a big deal. Um, when I need to have a super serious conversation with someone as their pastor, um, often I will, I will do that in my office. Because they need to see my ordination certificate behind me. They need to see... Uh, that I've got a little bit of experience in that this is a weighty conversation. If I want to talk to somebody about their life, then yeah, we'll have a salad together. That's that, but for you especially, uh, I, have, I have advantages you don't have. And you don't have that advantage. So making this an official meeting, you tell them bring your Bible, bring a notebook, and bring your heart ready to change. Um, that makes it important. So I, I encourage you um, to not think that counseling is something you can do over a barbecue grill or something that you can do, that's mentoring, that's body life, that's more organic. This is more organized. So I I, I want to encourage you that way. Scheduling, um, you'll need to keep the shepherding ministry coordinator, that is Caleb, apprised of your schedule. He's going to have a spreadsheet with who's seeing whom and when. And that way I can know and I can understand, I might be able to say, I want to know what's happening with this one. So you'll need to keep him up to date on that. Uh, limitations of counseling, we've already talked about these, but basically uh, you, you're not on call for quote-unquote emergency counseling. Um, that's like an emergency donut, right? There's not really an emergency donut. Um, emergency counseling is when people perceive you as the solution. There are very few times when emergency counseling is in, in order. Um, when there's an actual physical emergency or somebody is acting crazy or violent. Okay, that's, that's an emergency. Well, we just had a fight and I'm mad. You need to come over. That's not an emergency. Okay, well, if you were abiding by the principles that we talked about, that wouldn't have happened. We'll talk, our, our appointment is Wednesday at 7. Okay, and that's going to be hard and it's going to sound mean, but uh, you go over at 9.30 at night with your wife mad at you because you just left her and the kids doing nothing for this emergency, um, that's not going to go well for you. It's not going to help you. So um, the more you step outside the parameters of the counseling session, the more you become the solution instead of obedience to scripture becoming the solution. Now, if you're in a mentoring relationship, which ideally ought to be somewhat temporary, you don't say, I'm going to be your mentor until Christ returns. That's not helpful. Um, that, should, that should mix and match. But in a mentoring relationship, that's different. You're, you are meeting at Starbucks. You are having coffee together. You are a little bit more flexible. You are available to, to text and say, hey, I'm just discouraged. My, let me put it this way. The counselor I'm seeing has assigned me to text you and ask you for prayer when I'm feeling discouraged. You see how you're using the body of Christ that way. So um, there are limitations to counseling. Uh, Counseling records. One of the great things about using the church 
for using the church to counsel themselves is that the church can counsel themselves. One of the terrible things is that it has a dark side. And the dark side is that you are receiving information about somebody that you can hurt them with. And so we have to be careful about that. Um, The records stay at the church unless, uh, at least ultimately until after the sessions are are complete. If you're keeping a file folder with your notes in them, they need to stay someplace and nobody else can see them. Um, Ideally, you're you're dropping them back off on Patrice's desk or something like that to be put in a a folder, whatever works for you, but but you need to protect them. Um, The record should contain the counseling data form, your counseling notes, and the counseling plan. Um, theoretically we'll have things like notebooks and those data forms and things like that available uh, we may once we move offices around we may just have all that stuff in in what is now my office in a certain area where you can just go get them um, I know I shouldn't have to say this but I have had to deal with this before under no circumstances unless with the permission of an elder uh, are counselors to look at files of counselees who are not their own if you see a file laying out and you go, oh, I'm on the counseling team. I wonder what's going on with them. That's that's not okay. Um, that would th- that's a that's a huge deal, and you would be off the counseling team immediately forever at that point. Um, so just stay in the silo of your your particular people, and that's information you carry with you. Just because the counseling session ends doesn't mean that reasonable confidentiality uh, doesn't end. They're counting on you. You know, to, they're revealing their heart to you. That's a vulnerable place to be. Completely different. After service counseling rotation. Um, <clears throat> let me talk to you about this. Basically what you're doing is you're, you're triage. If you're right over there by the cross, you are triage. You're, you're a connection point um, for somebody in need. Uh, and I put a tier system in place. Tier one, you can solve this right now. Somebody says, I just need you to pray with me. Great. Um, I need a five or 10 minute conversation. Tier two, I need one meeting with somebody. Tier three, I... Uh, I need, I need counseling. I need help. Okay, um, then you'll be the one to get them in contact with Caleb who will then continue that process of triage. Uh, you're always pointing them to the shepherding ministry coordinator. Um, <clears throat> try not to get in the habit of saying, hey, Steve or Darren or David, come over here. This person has a need. I'm going to learn to point you to Caleb. Great, nice to meet you. Caleb will help you. Okay, we have to do that as we, as we grow. Now, here's what's going to happen very often if you're at the cross. Um, somebody's going to say, I, I need to see the pastor. My guarantee is, I, if you're a member of the church, I'll always see you, of course. I, I'm not going to say no to that. But you can help them work through, I'd rather see the pastor. Well, um, the shepherding ministry coordinator will help you make that decision. I'd still rather see the pastor. We have a counseling ministry that, to help us protect our pastor's study time and to make sure that he's not overwhelmed by all the needs of the church at once. That's great. I'd still rather see the pastor. Okay, well, our pastor is committed to us to, to see you if, one of, if you don't want to see anybody else, and that's fine, but please understand that um, he has X number of appointments every week and he's maybe filled up for six weeks. Are you okay with that? Well, no, I need somebody now. Okay. What's the old saying? You can, you can have it uh, fast, cheap, and good. You can only do two of those, right? I need to see somebody now, but I have to see the pastor. Very rarely are we going to give in to that because 
I have lost track of the number of times when somebody says this is an emergency and I give up family time to go see somebody or call them and the emergency is we've been fighting for weeks and I don't know what to do. That's not an emergency. Um, So you're kind when you're doing this. I'm giving you the really fast version. But you're trying to point people to our our shepherding ministry. Point them there. Um, Any church member, any of you that says, I would like to sit down for an hour with my own pastor. Absolutely. You know why I say yes to that? Because you're members. If a non-member says, I need to see the pastor, then no, we'll get them to somebody else um, until, until that can happen. Um, I never want to get to the point, if our church gets to the point where I can't sit down with a family when they ask for that, then we're too big and we'll, we'll do something different. But um, we're not to that point yet. So what you're doing is triaging and you're, you're just being, um, you're being compassionate and helpful <clears throat> and pointing them to the shepherding ministry coordinator, okay? Um, all right, two more things, and these are easy ones. Future support and training. We're going to have um, Dr. Stuart Scott here on February 26th of next year. That is an all-day training. We'll probably ask you to pay you a little bit because he charges a lot, and he should, um, and we'll have him here all day. What I've asked him to do is to uh, give some basics at a deeper level and cover some big issues like, like basics of marriage counseling and things like that. Then next June, um, Placerie the Bible Church is having the Biblical Counseling Conference, so we'd love for any of you to attend that. We have made room in our budget for you to do that. If you're on the counseling team, the Stuart Scott, anybody can come. If you're on the counseling team, I mean, anybody can go to the Biblical Counseling Conference, but we're not going to pay for you if you're not on the counseling team. You'll have to pay for yourself. Um, in the meantime... Uh, don't let me stop you from reading books. We will have in the next couple of months a, a really nice library. Of, uh, of The elders have budgeted a decent amount to buy a nice library. Um, and go in and get, get a book. Don't hang on to it for six months because um, that just hurts everybody else. But, but read it and, um, and take some notes from it and then come back and read another one. Uh, there's one book um, called Counseling the Hard Cases. And it's about 12 or 13 really just tough counseling cases where you learn a lot about the, about the process. These are cases that do take like a year because we're dealing with super serious issues. We'll get to that. You might, you might you know, have a conversation with me and say, you remember that six session rule? That ain't gonna fly with this, this, this couple. Okay, that's fine. But most of the time it will. Um, so Stuart Scott, February 26th. Put it on your calendar right now if you can because if you're in the counseling ministry, we're going to require that you come to this. Because um, we went to a lot of trouble to get him here. Uh, and then next June, just, just keep that going. Um, one last thing under further support and training. If you really like this, consider getting further training on your own up to and including um, being certified by ACBC, Association of Certified Biblical Counselors. I would love it if some of you did that. Um, my hope and dream is to hire a pastor over discipleship and counseling that would head all of that up and it would be him up here uh, doing that. But uh, that, that only happens when the church grows to the point where we have another salary. But that would be very likely, potentially the next person we hire um, because that, that way we can minister to um, our community. Let me give you a little story. We actually have some time. Um, Tom McConnell, our missionary to the UK, I had a two-hour long Zoom call with him the other day. We've been friends for 11 years. And uh, he said, you know, uh, they've been working hard in their church to 
to try and get some a few people ACBC certified because the, the spiritual darkness around them is just horrible. And so he said, in the UK, there are six ACBC certified counselors. Five of them are in our church. And they are now, via Zoom, they have their church members counseling people all over the UK from other churches. Um, and that has turned into a huge outreach for them uh, using Zoom. And he, he said, ironically, without COVID, we wouldn't have this ministry because that's why everybody knows how to use Zoom now. So um, just their regular old church members are now getting people uh, from other churches saying we, we need to apply the Bible because um, that's a fairly new concept in, in that area. So uh, this might be something for you and, and we'll see how that goes. So what now? If you want to um, apply for the counseling ministry, sign up to be considered for the counseling team. I'm saying to be considered because just showing up to a training does not make you the right person to do this. Um, uh, either I or one of the elders or uh, somebody I assign might be asking you some questions. Some of you might be no-brainers. Some of you I might already know, here's some other things in your life you need to get straight before you start counseling others. That's not necessarily a sin issue. It just might be that you're you know, between jobs or something like that. Well, get focused on that. Um, and then sign up to be considered for after-service counseling rotation. I don't, we have four or five couples doing that right now, and I, I'd rather have more because as the church grows, I'd like to double that up. And we don't have anybody on Sunday nights right now. We won't do that yet, but it'd be nice to. So, um, I, Caleb, where did those sheets end up? Are they in the in the foyer? Yeah. What, what table are they on? The welcome cart. Okay, so those sign-up sheets are there. If I leave in 30 minutes and there's nobody on that sheet, I don't know what to do with myself. But um, uh, I'm hoping that you will. And again, let me just reiterate, I can't predict how the Lord will use you. But we, I sort of view the counseling ministry as like the army reserve. You know, it's good to have them when you have them, but you hope you don't need them kind of a thing. So um, in the meantime, keep on reading and keep on growing. And look, if you're just chomping at the bit and you, you say, look, I've read all these books and I'm trained up to the gills. I'll find somebody with a problem for you, okay? We, we can do that. I, I know enough about many people in the church. I can say, you know, we're going to use you as bait for this uh, new counselor for a while. Um, but it won't hurt them. Uh, one of the things, if you, if you ever did the master's degree in biblical counseling at the master's university, in one class, you have to do all this homework yourself. It is a tremendously tremendously sanctifying process. Uh, I would encourage you, if you have this book, start working your way through it. Start where it won't make you less like Christ, I promise. So start working your way through it. I see about 15 or 16 extra copies up here. We'll keep a few. Um, but if, if like there's two of you and you each want one because you're going to work through it, then come, come get one. Um, in this case, the first shall be first. So whoever gets to it first. I have 11 minutes to take questions. So I know we did that, that part fast, but that was the more boring part. So, yeah, Nate, and then we'll go to Rebecca. Uh, we're going to start with, with an email because everybody does that. And um, I, we actually, I know this is old school. We have some business cards printed, and we need to have those available. I know this sounds terrible, but we don't have any place to put it, but we might put a little holder on the back of the cross. I don't know if we'll do that. But uh, so email. So it'll be the same as um, if, if, if for whatever other reason you don't have a, a card, um, 
and we probably ought to put it in the bulletin too. Maybe you can talk to Mark about that. Um, but it's just the same as all the other church emails, Caleb F at, uh, at GBCOB. Encourage them to do it um, because uh, very often the level of actual need is based on, you can see whether they send an email at 12.30 p.m. on Sunday. Okay, I'm in need. Or three weeks go by and they come to the cross again and say, well, I'm really in need. Did you email so-and-so? Well, they told me to do that, but I didn't do it. So yeah, I let them initiate it. So yeah, good question. Uh, Larry and then Rebecca. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Take all you can because you, you'll never, I've been doing counseling. I've personally logged, I've kept track of this, track of this for years. I've personally logged about 32,000 hours of face-to-face counseling. Once a month, somebody comes to me and I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> we got to figure this out. So yes, I, um, Absolutely. Um, anything you want to do, it, you sort of have to, I, I'm going to give a caution about it in just a minute, but let me take Rebecca's question first. I think I just answered my own question, but um, logistically keeping them in time without continuing to look at your watch or set an alarm or how do you keep them in that hour while you're, in, you're, you're engaged? Sure. Emotionally, you don't want to be like keep looking and uh, you, can, you can say, I will be looking at my watch periodically to make sure we're on track. Um, you can do it, what I do, and I keep a clock right over people's heads. Um, <clears throat> they look down, I look up. You know, it's uh, that simple. I just gave my secrets away uh, to everybody. But you can just tell them, I'm going to be keeping track of time. And uh, so when I'm looking at my watch, it is not an indication that I'm bored. It's an indication I'm trying to stay on time. Uh, you can set your, set your phone up on the clock next to you. So good question. Um, back to Larry's comment. There's a, I, I do want to be careful about this. Uh, Within the biblical counseling circles, and I'm going to call this a really, really small percentage, there is, a, there is a thought process that says that biblical counseling is like the key to all of life. And I would not say that. I would say that the preached word of God from this thing is the key to all of life. Um, counseling is, the, is a wonderful follow-up to preaching, but... Um, I think when a church becomes more focused on being a counseling center than they have become on preaching the word, they're out of balance, um, big time out of balance. Sometimes, uh, here's a little hint, sometimes your assignment, your homework for a client, a client, sorry, that's old school, for a counselee, back when they used to make money doing it, um, for a counselee used to, w- can be, here's a sermon series from Pastor Steve, I want you to listen to it and take notes on it and bring back three things you learned. Use the preached word of God. There are, uh, James can give a more exact count. I, we're in the 900 sermon range online right now. There's almost everything you can find, especially at the Steadfast in the Faith website. They're topically, uh, divided topically. Um, assign them some John MacArthur messages. Go to Grace to You and just type in depression. You're going to get a ton. Um, so I almost always assign listening to sermons as a, as, because it won't make them worse. It's a great thing to say, by the way. Look, I promise none of my homework will make you less like Christ. So at least start there. But I, I always want to be cautious. I would love for us to have a vital counseling ministry. I'd love for four or five or six of you to be ACBC certified so I don't have to be. Um, I, I've had eight years of seminary training. I don't want any more. Um, 
I would love that. What a great outreach to our community. And we've talked about that before. The, the community learns that they can hear the truth of the word of God. Maybe they won't sit in front of a sermon, but maybe they'll come talk to you. And so that's good. But we never want to replace preaching. Um, never want to replace the body life. This is just an addendum. So I just want to be real clear about that. So what else? Yes, Jessica. Uh, counseling your own family member is that is really tough um obviously you want to love your family but but there's there's a lot more at stake because you when you confront a family member there's also the relationship that they feel is threatened and especially if it's your dad or your mom or your grandmother and you're saying, well, Grandma, you need to walk in the manner worthy. Are you kidding? I was walking with the Lord before you were born. Um, but Grandma, your, your theology is horrible. They're not going to hear it as well. So if you bring a family member and they say, I really, I, I need counseling. Yeah, absolutely. And then you just pray and ask God's, God's help um, for whoever's counseling with them. I, I think that's better. Like all of you who are parents, when your kids are getting older and uh, they hear something from another believer you've been trying to pound in their, into their brain, you're like, yes! You know, because they come home, you know, uh, Pastor David said that uh, it's really an affront to God when I don't honor my father and mother. What have I been saying for the last... So, yeah, try and get them with, a fa- with, with, uh, with somebody else. But if you have to counsel a family member, you can, but you have to, you have to establish, you know, regardless of what, how you respond to this, I love you. And you have to be a lot more neutral like... How about we just study the Bible together? And I'm not going to be your authority because once you take on the mantle of counseling someone, you very much are in authority for a while. So I'm not an authority. Uh, you know, Dad, can we just... Look, here's 157 Bible verses that I'm intrigued by. How about we walk through five of them every Wednesday? we just see what the Bible says. So that's a little bit different. So, yeah, Jeremy. And... Well, um, theoretically, uh, if, if you want to be part of the counseling team, like for, for you and Amy, uh, <laughs> Amy's like, no, no, no. Uh, you know, we're not going to assign a, a couple to you that's been married for 35 years and having significant issues. It's going to be, you know, a, a high school student and his mom or something like that that, that we're going to try and match people up. Um, for you guys, you just keep living your life and, and learning the Word of God. Um, when I went to counseling school for the first time, and this is hard to believe, I looked about 12 at the time, and I complained to one of my professors, I don't look old enough. And he said, I'll tell you what, why don't you wait about 50 years and that'll problem will be solved. So, um, yeah, it, it'll get there. But look, I mean, you're, you never know how the Lord will match it up. Maybe there's a young man that is struggling with, um, with uh, being responsible and being a hard worker. Jeremy, you're a responsible, hardworking man. You're the perfect one for to counsel him. So and then Darren had a question from the gallery. Oh great.
Yeah, if, if you want to do that. Yeah, so here's the, here's the irony. Um, they would require eventually, if you really want to be certified, that somebody who is ACBC certified be a supervisor to you. I am not ACBC certified. I never will be. I've done 32,000 hours of, of uh, face-to-face counseling. I'm not going to do the 50 that they require. I, I do that all the time. Um, I need to keep my focus on, on preaching the word. So if we need to do that, we'll find somebody. Um, that, that goes to that caution I gave. There is a small school of thought, probably not very many people, but a small school of thought that says you should not be counseling people unless you're ACBC certified. I would say that that just violated the whole spirit of Romans fifteen fourteen. You are able to instruct one another. I don't think Charles Spurgeon was, uh, was ACBC certified. What, what's useful about it is it's something you, we can stick on our website to say somebody's looking for biblical counseling. Oh, this, this organization has said they have a person who knows how to do that. Um, I don't have to convince you. Um, so, yeah, that's good information. But in, in regards to counseling, if you're interested in it, you're, you're never done learning because you're applying the word of God, which is eternal, it is living, it is active. And um, uh, so some of you might decide this is a major ministry for you. And that's, that's terrific. I, I hope that we get a reputation in our community that, that hurting people can come to Grace Bible Church to hear the word preached and to be assigned somebody who will sit and talk to them. I think that'd be pretty cool. What other questions? Oh, yes, Brandon. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, he has three modules. It's total of ninety dollars, but you pay thirty dollars per module. That's self-paced. And it, uh, it's not it, it may be similar to what he's going to do when he comes here. I have noticed in this particular issue, um, this is this is like, if I could equate it to military training, uh, nobody who's going to go fight a battle uh, begrudges more time at the at the firing range, right? That's a, you just keep practicing. So. Um, so I, I hope you get interested. I hope you'll come to the little library when we have it and check out a book here and there. Um, we're only getting, we're getting a small number of books with multiple copies, so there won't be a book we're not recommending. Um, and please don't donate any unless you're donating the our ones that are on the list. Um, I, if I see James Dobson up there, and we're going to have a, <laughs> we're going to have a bonfire. We'll take fingerprints. We'll be dusting it. Aha, Daryl brought the James Dobson book. So, I know it's 12.01 right now. I'm going to leave the microphone on and keep taking questions for a few minutes, but you can wander out if you need to. So officially, first of all, let me say thank you and um, make sure and sign up out there for whatever you want to um, uh, be considered for. So we'll see what the Lord does. We make ourselves available and we'll let him use us as, as he will. So officially, thank you. Officially, we're done. I'm going to leave the mic on for a few minutes and... Um, take any more questions that we have for 10 more minutes or so. Yes, Emily. Is the book list published online at all? The book list exists in one email that I sent to, um, to somebody. So it doesn't exist. The, uh, once we have the books on the shelf, that'll tell you. But I'll try and, I'll try and get a hold of it and, and uh, make it available. I think, hey, James, are we going to do like a, uh, like a counseling resources folder under resources or something? Okay, so uh, you're free to send me an email. <laughs> James knew the right answer to that question. So, apparently, there are no more questions. No, that's okay. What other questions do you have? 
Oh, yeah, I forgot the mad rush for the first shall be first. I'll get that out of the way. <laughs> Some of the pages are so old, like the typewriter was like at an angle, and it's, it's cute. Any other questions? Yes, Rebecca. Yes, there's the one specific to marriage and family, and what's the other one? I'm thinking there's just those two. There's three? Well, there's three. So, yeah, search on Amazon. But this this is for your use um, to just, you know, I mean, it's so old now, uh, and it's okay to do this, to photocopy a an assignment. You can't photocopy the book, but you can photocopy an assignment. What else? Before we totally lose everybody. Javier. How to, oh, to know how to preach and teach the word of God? Yes. Yes, like studying the Bible. Absolutely, in the in the um, resources you're going to use, like such like Wayne Mack's book, he's already done that for you. The main issue you're going to run into is being careful not to take a verse totally out of his context. So that's the main thing you want to look for. Um, you know, you're not going to say, "Well, Isaiah says that all your children will be taught of the Lord, so don't worry about your kids." Well, that's about Israel. So um, let yourself grow in the Lord. Use your common sense. And make sure you're not ripping something out of his context. But if it's in an assignment by a biblical counselor, you're usually pretty safe. So, yeah, don't worry about that. Anything else? Did you find this useful at all? Okay, that's good. That's good. It, when you, by the way, when Stuart Scott comes, anything he contradicts me on, he's right. So just <laughs> let that be okay. All right, we're officially done. But I will hang out for a few minutes.